Hey y'all, this is Ashley Elaine and welcome to Voices of the Body, the podcast. So as you can tell, today's episode is going to be a little different, uh, a little bit more vulnerable, a little bit more um, deep. I don't know what just fell. And um, if you listen to the trigger warning uh, episode, it's like maybe two minutes. Um, I wanted to put out that quote unquote disclaimer to let everyone know that um, October is a very heavy month for me. Um, It marks the... October 1st marked um, 11 years that I've been stable. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Um, And being in New Jersey, being back up north, um, and really doing my deep healing work that I didn't even know I needed to do. Um, So I thank God for that. It also is... um, miscarriage, pregnancy loss, and infant loss awareness month, in addition to domestic violence awareness month. And unfortunately, and fortunately, I've experienced both. Um, So if you know me, you know, I'm probably going to cry at some point in this episode. Um, I am not doing this for pity. I am not doing this for any other reason outside of utilizing my voice to tell my story, my healing journey, the depths of it, and to allow other women to know that they are not alone in what they feel in those deep hidden thoughts of our soul um, and mind that come up and just that this is, this is a very hard thing to deal with and process every single day, every single day. Um, as I record this, like my due date passed when I was in Peru and it was, it was a lot like that was a lot to know that, you know, Yes, I was in Peru and a lot of people are like, oh, but you were in Peru. Like, you should be grateful for that. I'm very grateful for the experience that I had um, and the opportunity that I had to go to Peru and deepen my studies and also do healing work. Peru was not just a fun trip for me. It was a healing trip for me. Um, Also, hence the fact that while I was there, um, my due date when I should have had my baby girl, which I know intuitively that I would have been having a girl, um, she would have been a cancer. (laughs) She would have been emotional like her mommy, but I love it. Um, So also the year is approaching, the anniversary is approaching of when I had my miscarriage. So my miss, I found out I was pregnant, um, like mid-November, maybe like that second week of November. And uh, prior to that, there was already like a very stressful situation that had taken place. Um, when I found that I was pregnant, I was like, okay, 
like, we're doing this. We're doing this. Like I was, I was nervous, but I was excited. Like I was, I was excited because anybody that knows me knows that I love being a mom. I love children and I, like I desire to have more children. I desire to be married and have more children along with being the boss ass and entrepreneur that I am. Right. So I was just like, okay, maybe this can also be what saves, you know, whatever is taking place between me and my spouse. Like I'm, I'm, I'm all in, like I'm ready. And we were both very excited. Um, two weeks later, well, like, so like a week later, week and some change later, I, like, I started having all the cravings, all, all the, all the stuff, right? Like, this isn't my first pregnancy. I knew when I was pregnant with my first child that it was a boy from what I was craving. Um, I just and intuitively knew that I was having a boy. And then with this pregnancy, I, I knew it was going to be a girl. This, I was craving a lot of sweets. And at that point, like I wasn't even really eating sweets like that anymore. Like I was craving hot strawberry milk. Like, first of all, that's nasty when I think about it. And second of all, it was like, what? (laughs) Yeah. So I, I just I, like I, I I would talk to my belly just like I did when I was pregnant with my first child and I was excited like I was very excited given certain certain circumstances I was praying that this would be what would save or help um help heal whatever was already taking place so Fast forward a little bit to maybe like a week and a half later, um, Thanksgiving rolled around and I went to South Carolina to see some family for the holiday. Um, I intentionally flew in on Thanksgiving day because I just, whatever was already going on was already stressful and I just wanted to be by myself both and I didn't want to be by myself so I took the opportunity to go spend time with my family um and really like my niece my niece is the most cutest thing ever and I adore her and she is just the light that I needed during this time um so I was in South Carolina for probably about a week and December 1st, um, maybe like a little less than a week because I flew in on Thanksgiving Day and December 1st is when I was flying back home. So my, my dad and I had like a really good conversation. Me and my brother had a really good conversation. All the things, all the things, all the things. Um... While I was talking to my dad, because it was like I had to pack and get myself together. And then, um, you know, I just I was just like, okay, well, whatever, whatever I need, whatever else I need to do, like eat and all that jazz, like I could just do it once I get to the airport because I just want to get there. Um, So while I was sitting there talking with my dad, I... I felt like 
and ladies, you can, I'm, I'm, I don't want to get graphic, but it is what it is. I felt like, you know, like when you hold your pee for too long and it's like, well, I may have like secreted a little bit or something. I was like, oh, maybe I just like holding my pee too long. And now I'm just like, what? So I get to the airport and I'm going through security, like checking in, going through security, blah, blah, blah. And at this point, like I was out on mental health leave because I needed to just like kind of cope with my son moving to go live with his dad. And I like I had got a phone call from like the the disability people through my job, whatever, and like trying to figure that out and like get something to eat and I was a little stressed. I also like could notice that like something something was like I was just a little bit more um wet than normal but like I again I thought it was like well I just have to pee and you know but it felt like my period had started like there wasn't cramping I like and if there was I couldn't really tell because I was already like agitated with the whole airport thing and like trying to get something to eat and like on the phone and like trying to you know just 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 a tad bit stressed and uh I went to the bathroom once I was able to get settled and when I wiped after peeing, um, I saw blood and I was just like, oh, okay. All right. And like, again, I've been pregnant before, carried a baby full term. He's healthy. Thank God. And I said to myself, I was like, well, I'm past, I'm past that initial bleeding cramping stage which is like in the first four weeks so I don't I don't know what this is and I think I I kind of knew what it was but I didn't want to take my mind there um and it like it it wasn't it wasn't fun like I just kept feeling like my period was starting without the cramping and slowly but surely like the cramping started to come it was really really mild it was really really small I went to the bathroom again before my plane boarded and I was still bleeding so I now had to board the plane bleeding Like I started miscarrying in the airport. And at this point I hadn't really like, I don't, I don't recall like talking to anybody. Um, Maybe like a text letting them know that I was like boarding the plane or whatever, whatever. Um, But I, I didn't, I didn't tell anybody that I was bleeding. I didn't tell anybody. I just kind of like, prayed through it and boarded the plane. So the whole plane ride from South Carolina back into um, Jersey was very not fun. And I was just like, okay, God, like I need like what's happening here. Is it, is it me? Is it the baby? Like what's happening here? And 
I like anybody that has flown into Newark Airport knows that that is the worst airport next to Philly and a bunch of other ones. Um, because I still had to, once I got to Newark Airport, I still had to catch the train to from Newark Airport to um Central Jersey to then get off the train and catch a lift ride from the train station to my grandmother's house where I left my car and that was probably the longest journey ever the longest journey ever um my husband had called me while I was on the train and I still didn't say anything to him because I just I, I don't I just I, I, I wasn't sure and I didn't want to just like put it out there um but he called to like see if I was home yet like if like how much longer it was gonna be all that stuff um so even when I got to my grandmother's house like I just kind of like zipped it up and I went into the house and, or I think I called her when I was in the lift and to let her know that I was on my way to come pick up my car. And I didn't even, I didn't even say anything to her. I like ran in the house, like I started my car, put my luggage in the car and I went in the house uh, and I said to her, I was like, Oh, granny, I got it. I got to pee real quick. And she was like, go ahead on. And I went and I peed and I looked down and there was even more blood. I was like, okay. So I just, I just let it be. I didn't say anything to her. I just, I like, I said my hellos and I, I'll talk to you later. I'm ready to go home. And she's like, I can understand that. And the whole ride home, I was just like, okay. I just, I, I really honestly don't know where my mind was outside of like, I just want to get home and take a shower. And I got home and, you know, was getting myself together to take a shower. My husband called me and I told him that I was bleeding and that I wasn't sure of what was happening. And then like the phone clicked and we weren't able to talk anymore that night. And, um, my mother-in-law had called me after I took a shower and like kind of got myself together and we were talking and I told her, I said, I wasn't going to tell her, but something was like, tell her. So I told her, um, that I was bleeding and that I was starting to cramp. Like I was starting to cramp a lot more than I was earlier, um, on the plane and at the airport, like the whole thing, I was, I was already uncomfortable, but there wasn't, I can't say that I was like cramping. I was just very uncomfortable, very uncomfortable. Like there was a lot of discomfort, um, in my pelvis, in my like uterus, like everything was uncomfortable. Everything was uncomfortable along with like the bleeding. So she was like, well, you know, that's normal. I was like, yeah, I said, but this isn't, I don't, I don't think it's normal at this stage. Like I like Google, I was Googling stuff like the whole nine. I was like, like, like what's, what's happening? Like Google was my doctor for a minute. And, um, 
Yeah, I was on the phone with her and I had to use the bathroom and I could feel the cramps coming in a little bit stronger. And I sat like as she's talking to me, I sat on the toilet. And when I pulled my boxer, well, I had all my husband's boxers. When I pulled down my pants, there was a lot more blood and I just started crying. And she was like, Ashley, are you okay? I said, no. I said, I think I know what's happening. And she was like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah. So I told her that I was going to drive myself to the hospital. Um, I drove myself to uh, the hospital where I gave birth to my son because that was the only hospital I trusted. And I didn't want to drive into Philly. Like Philly is not my favorite place to be during the day. So hell no to be in there at night. And this was like 11 o'clock at night. Um, and I took myself to the emergency room and literally by the time I got to the emergency room and had checked in and sat down, my cramps were nonstop, like nonstop. Like I felt like I was having a full on period and it felt like forever for them to call me back and like run tests and do all that stuff. Um, once they did, they like took my vitals, all that, all that good stuff. And they, um, did like, they did a ultrasound internally and like, that was so uncomfortable. Um, when I got up, there was so much blood. There was so much blood. And, um, yeah, they told, like, I asked the lady that was doing the ultrasound, like, what did she see? And she's like, I'm sorry, I can't tell you anything. I was like, okay, I knew that. Like, that's a HIPAA thing. She can't, she can't tell me anything. So they put me in a room and they gave me, like, bed pads to keep under me. And, like, I kid you not, it was like, river flowing of blood like it was it was non-stop um so I like fell asleep for a while and the doctor came in and told me that um I was in the midst of having a miscarriage and that if if pretty much like if the if the if the embryo survives that I would be considered I would I would have a high risk pregnancy which I don't want that like I didn't want that I didn't want I didn't want that I didn't want to jeopardize anybody in that in that space but he said that it was it was evident that a miscarriage was happening um and that the most that I could do was just go home and wait for it to pass and that it would look like a little, I would see the sack, a small little sack and, um, that it would just pass in the toilet. So I cried my eyes out. I called my grandmother and yeah, I, uh, I stayed on the phone with her for as long as I could deal and she let me cry and just let it out. And, um, yeah, when they thought I was 
you know, good to, to go. Like the doctor was very, very sweet, very sweet. Um, he said there was nothing like, I, I don't really remember what the, like there wasn't like a cause. He's just said that the, that sperm and that egg just didn't like connect properly or something like that. Like it was just like, they just both weren't connecting. And I was just like, well, okay. Um, so I, yeah, uh, yeah, the doctor, he was like, I know this is a lot to take in. He was like, I will, like, I'll give you a minute. Like he, he even like consoled me and gave me like a pat on, not not a pat on the shoulder, but he just, you know how doctors do when they put their hand on your shoulders, just like, it's okay. Um, he, you know, gave his condolences and, um, really like gave me space to process what words were coming out of his mouth. Um, and I, I just allowed myself to cry and, uh, do what I needed to. And like, (sighs) yeah. So when they allowed me to leave, um, I believe I was, I was seven, I was seven and a half weeks, um, Yeah, it was seven and a half weeks. So when it was time for me to leave, like, I just, I don't, I don't really, like, I was in a daze. I, like, was just like, well, um, here we are. And I was like, oh, I need gas. And I went to go get gas. And then I'm driving home and like, oh, I'm hungry. And I stopped at Starbucks and I don't even think I got coffee. I stopped and got like a a sandwich or something. And I ate the sandwich while I was driving home. And I went upstairs and I had to use the bathroom. I sat down and felt the sack come right out and into the toilet and I screamed and cried until there was nothing left in me. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I got home like six in the morning and it was right on time cause I had therapy. I had a, I had a, I had a virtual therapy session scheduled for, I believe like 10. So I, um, I showered, like I just, I just allowed myself the space to do what I needed to. And, um, I called my doctor, like I, I hadn't, I got, I had scheduled to have my first ultrasound, which was going to be like in a couple weeks, um, with a doctor. I said, I wanted my next doctor to be, uh, brown lady, black or brown lady, um, still sticking with like the midwifery, but you know, I wanted like eventually to have a home birth. Um, and she, like, I, like I ended up like not even having that first appointment. Of course, I ended up having to just schedule to come in and 
get like blood work done to check my HGC levels and you know, all of that. So your HGC levels are like, you know, that's how you determine that you're pregnant. They're at like a certain level. They're super duper high. Um, so even to get that blood work done. And when I got my results back to see like a week later to see that my levels had dropped down indicating that I was no longer pregnant. Um, that was that was a lot too that was a lot to take in um so yeah I I feel like I did a lot of the healing by myself um it was hard to it was hard to like balance the stress of what was happening between my spouse and I and just what was going on within my body and my mind about this loss. Um, because for a while I blamed myself like, oh girl, you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have went to South Carolina or you shouldn't have done yoga because I was afraid to do yoga. Even though I did yoga when I was pregnant with my first child, I, um, like there was a lot of blame that I put on myself. Um, a lot of people would like try and figure it out. And it's like, I don't, I don't like, I don't want you to try and figure it out when I'm like, I don't even want me to try and figure out why this happened. So you telling me that, Oh, it was probably stress and Oh, it was probably this. And no, oh, it was probably that like, Yes, we know that God has his purpose for everything. There's a time and a place for when we share those those thoughts and opinions, right? Like, we don't give people space to be present in what they're feeling because we're uncomfortable with what they're feeling and what it's bringing up for us. So I intentionally, like, kind of shut myself out from from people and support because I didn't want to hear that it was stress or that, you know, this was God's plan or, you know, all these things that we don't want to hear when we were expecting to have life and it's no longer within us. Um, Which, like, it was, that was very hard also to just, like, choose to, not answer my phone and shut myself out because a lot of shame and a lot of guilt were being placed on me from a space that I needed support from. Like the one, the one space I needed support from through this was not there. So I had to do what I had to do and take care of myself. So I was already in therapy, which was helpful um, because my therapist would like, uh, like I said, the day that I like that morning, I came home from the hospital. I had a therapy appointment, so I took a nap. And literally, like, I think I forgot to set my alarm, but like literally I woke up like literally 10 minutes before my session was supposed to start. And I like clicked on and I told my therapist what had happened and she let me just sit there and cry. She let me just sit there and cry and she was like, it's okay. Like we, this space is for you to do whatever you need. 
And I wish more people would understand that you don't have to say anything all the time. Like silence is okay. Silence is okay. When a loss like this happens, silence is okay. Like it's okay. We don't want you to try and and fix us. We don't want you to try and heal us. We don't want you to try and figure it out or come up with the answers as to why this loss happened or why the pregnancy didn't go to term or why the baby was a stillbirth or why the infant, you know, passed away. Like we don't, we don't want you to try and figure it out. Like when God is ready for us to have the answer as to why, right? The whole alchemizing what we've endured, right? When, when God is ready for us to have the answer, allow him to give us that answer, right? We don't, we don't need anything in addition to what we're already like blaming and shaming ourselves for. Like I've had suicidal ideations behind this miscarriage and an an added layer of, of what has been happening too like like I've I, like I've thought I've I was just unfit because I also had my son leave and go live with his dad so at this point like I'm tearing myself up wondering if I'm even fit to be a parent so if you if you if you know somebody that has experienced a loss like this right it's it's like it still hurts it still hurts like almost a year later like it still hurts because it was attached to me it was a part of me it was it was it was in me like i like i created something with somebody that i love so much so much and we had planned for it we had planned for this baby so I I had to just take care of myself the best way I knew how um I was scared to do yoga, like my normal flows, like all of that. I was, I just, I slept a lot. I cried a lot. I journaled a lot. I prayed a lot. I wanted to just now at this point, like really take care of my body. Um, I lost a lot of weight. Um, I just wanted to, to really take care of my body. So I drank a lot of raspberry leaf tea, um, a lot of womb healing tea. Um, I So this is how I ended up finding my love for yin yoga um, and why I ended up going to Costa Rica to get certified in yin yoga um, because of the, the passive... Um, the passive and deep uh, space that it allows you to go into, right? Like a lot of what we go through in life is held within our bodies. It's it's in our tissues. How they how the the saying goes, the issues are in our tissues. It's all stored within our body. So um, I found on YouTube a lot of well, not a lot. There wasn't. There actually wasn't a lot, but there were like a few 
yoga teachers that I saw on YouTube that had specific um, practices for women who have um, experienced a miscarriage. And I remember the first time I allowed myself to get back on my mat and um, do the practice, I like couldn't stop crying. I couldn't stop, like, I couldn't, like, I, like, I, like, I cried from my belly, like, I cried from my uterus, probably, like, I, it was just a really deep cry, I'm pretty sure my neighbors were, like, really concerned, because every single cry had a scream attached to it, like, I couldn't, I couldn't, I, I, like, I, I just, I just let myself be, like, I, like, threw up a couple times, I cried so much, again, like, I had double loss, I had my, my child, who I've been with since he was, I found out I was pregnant, ended up going to live with his dad, like, he's never lived with anybody else but me, and then, uh, in between that, and, uh, uh, issue with my husband and I that was a loss and then the miscarriage so there was just a lot of loss so my therapist and I had talked about um a support group and I I had found one and like she had printed out a bunch of different resources for me and I had found a support group um, and I had spoke to the guy that was running the support group with his wife. They had both had lost a child also, um, had, uh, several miscarriages and I believe a stillbirth. And, um, I, the first night I joined the support group, it didn't feel right. Like I was the only African American person in the support group and, they were going around to like share our names and our stories and I logged off before it even got to me. I was like, this doesn't feel good. Like I felt like a statistic because my, my miscarriage story is attached to like two other things that made me feel like a stereotype. Like I just, I like, I didn't feel like I was being seen as a person that had just, you know, had a miscarriage. I felt like I was being seen as a statistic, a black woman that was a statistic. And one thing I said about myself is I would never allow myself to be in spaces that made me feel that way. Even being a single mother, I like wouldn't allow myself to like continue to keep that narrative, right? I didn't want to keep myself in spaces that was going to make me feel like I wasn't being seen for what I was going through, but that I was being seen because I was a black woman. Like I, I refused to, to do that to myself. Like there's already an added layer of trauma of just being black in America. So why would I want to do that in the midst of trying to grieve a loss? So I logged off and the next time I had a therapy session, mind you, my therapist is a cool ass white lady. I told her, I said, yeah, no. Mm -mm." She was like, well, what came up for you? And I was just like, um, I was the only black person in the group. And that made me feel like a statistic. I felt like I couldn't focus on grieving and gaining support for my loss more than 
like having the narrative play in my head that, oh, she's a black woman. And like, I can't, like, I almost can't tell my miscarriage story without talking about the other layers of it. And I needed to make sure that I was in a safe and sacred space that was going to allow me to be able to heal and grieve loss. Right. So, um, I, found this organization called RTZ to hope um and zero to uh zero it's RTZ return to zero RTZ hope return to zero hope and um they are like all about pregnancy loss and infant loss and stillbirth miscarriages like any loss within that realm and i um, I saw that they, like someone had reached out to me about, cause I had reached out about just having like knowledge and awareness around miscarriage and infant loss because I work with families and children and what I'm in the process of like building and working on with infants and toddlers. It was like, well, I just want more knowledge around this. That was like a year, a year and a half ago, like maybe last summer, if I'm not mistaken. So it was just weird that I had gotten an email back from somebody and was like, oh, I'm so sorry. We're just now seeing this. Here's some information, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, well, I can, I can see if they have resources. And long behold, they were having, um, they were getting ready to start um, a support group for BIPOC women, a BIPOC uh, support group. And I was just like, ding, ding, ding. Like they were, I had to pay for it. When I tell you it was worth the money that I paid for, it was worth it. I also like did something crazy and like registered to do my prenatal and postnatal yoga teacher training. Um, I didn't know, like I, like I, I was, when I signed up for it, I think it was before I had the miscarriage or it was, it was somewhere in that space. And by the time, like, they had gotten back to me, I was just like, uh, am I ready to do this? And I'm not teaching prenatal and postnatal yoga. Um, I've taught a couple classes and it's just not my jam, which is fine. Like, I don't, I don't want to be the person that, oh, I can go and teach everything. No, like I appreciated that space because it taught me more about my body it taught me more about the miscarriage and there was so much support, so much support, so much support in that space, so much support. So all the support that I was getting that I needed, like came from people I've never met before. The support group, um, and the the prenatal and postnatal yoga teacher training with Whole Mama. I'm going to shout out Whole Mama Yoga in North Carolina because they held so much space for me. And there were other women who had similar stories 
that had rainbow babies. Like I, like they, they, they held space for all of us to be able to come. And so one thing about being a yoga teacher and I like, I hope and pray that every yoga teacher has done some type of healing work for themselves is to, to effectively and authentically teach this practice right on and off the mat off the mat is where your healing really is right every single teacher training that i've been in from my 200 hour even my bar yoga right my bar yoga teacher training like it took me back into the realm of being a dancer when i was little like every single teacher training that i've been in, been in has given me space to heal something within my life like past, present, even future, right? Like you cannot go through teacher training without getting yourself looked at and your face ripped off and put back on in a whole nother way to where you're looking at yourself like, oh, who is this? Like, so I'm grateful for whole mama yoga. Um, I'm grateful for RTZ Zero to Hope and the BIPOC um, support group that they had. I am grateful for the yoga teachers that I found on YouTube that held space for women who are who had miscarriages and pregnancy loss. Like to to be able to still have a yoga practice and restore my body, restore my mind and restore my soul and my faith, even in myself and my body, right? That was the hardest part, restoring faith back into my body, trusting my body again to realign and not blaming myself or anybody for why this had to happen. Um, I'm really grateful for all of those spaces. Um, so I, I really, like, I was vegan, um, I was vegan before, but I, like, I barely ate, like, I, like, whatever I ate, what, like, I googled what to eat, and they said eat a lot of leafy greens, that's all I'm eating, like, at this point, I wanted to just restore my body, I did not, I did not, like, I wanted to just have my body heal, right? And all I knew to do was to just be still, was to rest, was to um, allow myself to feel whatever I needed to feel, was to eat leafy greens. Like, and I still, like, I, like I haven't moved away from that. Like, that's literally all I eat, 90 per, like, maybe, like, 80% of the time. Okay, like, maybe 70% of the time. But I just started adding it, like, in coffee. Like, I mean, that didn't change. I was still drinking coffee. I wasn't drinking it as much because I wanted to make sure that I was healing my body properly, healing my uterus properly, healing whatever may have caused the miscarriage or whatever my mind was telling me that caused the miscarriage or whatever narrative I was being told caused the miscarriage, like healing all of those things within me. Um, this was a very lonely journey. This was a very lonely journey, very lonely. And it's hard because like, certain people had their opinions about 
the 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 bigger situation um and i it's like if this i just i just wanted to be by myself i wanted to be by myself and i didn't want to be by myself it's like a, i i couldn't find the, the sweet balance in in both of those feelings um yeah and and i laid on the couch and shopped a lot too like i express got a lot of my money a lot of my money and I'm not even mad about it. Like I, I just, I, I was like, I, I grieved in buying a pink pea coat. I did. I did. That's how I honor my baby girl is my pink pea coat. All the pink things that I wanted, everything that I wanted. I also, um, so after, after like the, the prenatal and postnatal yoga teacher training and the support group were ending literally like a week apart from each other. So like one Sunday the group was ending and then the support group was ending. And then literally like that following weekend, the prenatal and postnatal yoga teacher training um, was ending. And the last weekend of the support group I created a um, miscarriage and pregnancy loss journal called Connection is Healing, and it is available on barnesandnobles.com. Um, I will also have the link on my website. Um, that way, if anybody is in need of just a space to be able to journal what they're feeling, what their body is feeling, um, like there were spaces where I had to, where I journaled you know, I like just randomly, I would see like a bird. Um, and it felt like my baby girl, like it, it, like it felt like my baby girl or like certain thoughts and memory, like certain things, not memories, but certain thoughts would come to me about, you know, her. And like, I would just feel certain things like, and a, a friend, she's now a friend, um, a girl from a lady from the, prenatal and postnatal yoga teacher training she sent me a beautiful gift um to memorialize my baby girl and I'm forever grateful for that um it sits next to one of my favorite plants in my dining room um so yeah like I this is hard it's still hard because um I I, I just I'm I'm grateful for all the experiences that I had this summer, both and I should not have had to endure this by myself. Um, I'm grateful for the people who checked in. I'm grateful for the support group, like a thousand percent grateful for the support group. Like I've made connections in that space. Um, because connection is healing. And that's why I named my journal connection is healing. Um, what healed me was, um, just allowing myself to heal, allowing myself to feel all the things, allowing myself to drink teas. And I mean, like y'all can look at my Instagram, like for the month of, December and the reels that I was making, like I had on the same pajamas probably in every single reel, like every single reel, like I was making reels like that actually made me feel better. Like once I got to a space where I was just like, 
I need to just like keep, keep, keep going with my healing journey, right? Keep making content with my healing journey because everything is content. Like, and it's not even about the content. It's, it's like making the reels was helping me get back to me. If that makes any sense. Like, I would post about my healing journey. Like if any, like I, like I posted about, you know, journaling and using my own workbook, uh, my other workbook release and rise, like doing those things. Like I was, I was po- like, I was, I was very adamant about healing and to not do those things would make me feel like I wasn't me anymore like and I didn't I didn't want to do that like this was a very hard experience um I'm also grateful to to be on the other side of it um I'm grateful that I took care of myself I'm grateful that I found um support and made connections with so many different women um who also have amazing healing stories and I'm I'm not going to uh minimize my experience like I I I I'm just I'm just not going to do that um so this is for all the women who have had a miscarriage um with or without a rainbow baby um for the women who had stillbirths, for the women who try to get pregnant and can't, um, for the women who had babies, took them home, and they didn't make it past a certain age. Um, They didn't make it past that infancy age. Um, I see you, I'm here with you. you don't have to grieve this alone, no matter how long ago this happened. Um, love on your body, love on your mind, love on your soul, love on you. This is not your fault. So release that narrative um, and give yourself time. Like you are allowed to continue to grieve. However, grief needs to be grieved and and felt excuse me um there is no time limit on it the grief has no time limit it it comes in such waves that we can't explain um I will say it does get easier it 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 does get easier it's hard it gets easier um so I stand with all of you my heart and loving healing energy goes out to each and every one of you during this month um allow this month to be the space where you continue to remember your baby um continue to see how far you've come in your journey and to just continue to love on your body your body is worthy your body can do hard things and your body can be um, can do amazing things um regardless of the stature of the status of where your pregnancy went your body is amazing because it grows something in it like just just that alone your body is amazing because it grows something in it 
right? To even, to even the women who have tried with IVF, like all the things, your body is still worthy. Your body is still worthy. That doesn't make you any less worthy of becoming a mother at all. Um, so can we take some collective breaths? I know I didn't do a meditation in the beginning. Um, that might've been just my own self. So if you are in a space to, um, just allow your eyes to gently close or bring your gaze down your nose. And if you feel safe in your body, And just bring one hand to your heart and the other hand to your belly. And just take a big breath in and release. One more big breath in and release. And one more big breath in and release. Please know that your body is worthy. Your body is beautiful. Your body can do amazing things and your body can do the hard things. Release the shame and the guilt that may come with your loss. Allow this space to be a reminder that you are amazing. You are worthy. You are capable of growing a child within you and becoming that amazing parent that you desire to be. That this is not the end of the road, but the beginning to a, be a beautiful journey, a beautiful new journey. So love on your body, love on your mind, and love on your soul. And allow yourself to feel what needs to be felt without explanation, without reason, without healing any of that, without, without someone trying to heal you and diagnose you, right? Thank you all for allowing me to be vulnerable in this space. Um, thank you for trusting me to give you what it is that you need um, in this space, in this episode. Um, just know that you are not alone. You are not alone in this space. Um, again, my heart and my soul, my loving energy goes out to each and every one of you. I'm going to close the way I would close my yoga classes, bring both palms together, th thumbs to sternum, eyes closed or gaze gently down your nose. The light in me honors and respects the light in each and every one of you. Each and every one of you. I love you all for free. Namaste.